0: One of the things i love about this show in the five years we've gained a mythology we did what we have yeah you gained a mythology i'm a myth you- we're both myths stuff like uh, the fact that yeah, you uh, I to see why you would be a myth uh, the it, fact that it, like there it, are people who refer to who the beautiful one now yeah who talk about how you can love your characters but you can't and love your characters we all feel better in the dark. we all feel better we all feel better, <laughs> in, the all feel better all feel in the dark. We all feel better in the dark. In the dark. In the dark. In the dark.
1: I'm going to drop this one time for your mind right now. Tommy D on the mic, best listen up now. Better in the dark is taking place right now. But this ain't a normal show, this is .5 now. Yeah, I said it, show's a little shorter. But they give you content in a timely order. So, take note to everything they mentioning. Better in the dark, .5, get the listening. Hyphen, what it is right now. Time is what it is right now. Derek, what it is right now? Better in the dark. What it is right now? <laughs>
0: and until we get back in touch with you, go watch that movie. Right, Devin? Go watch well. that movie. <laughs> now, if you're hearing this, something has come up, as it is wont to do in our also very busy lives. Which is why, of course, we decided that we're going to rename this episode just better. Oh. <laughs> because
1: it's not a full episode,
0: That's so right. you're not getting it's it just, in the dark. No, it's not even better; it's bet. It's bet. <laughs> there we go. Or bit, bit, right? This is Derek Ferguson, and this is Thomas DJ. This is a point five episode. Yeah. What we want to talk about is we talked about two films last night, yeah, and about how they got kind of botched in the marketing. Oh, absolutely. The biggest one is the one that's on a lot of people's lips right now as we do this recording mm-hmm. on. We're doing the 16th this on March. Friday. Yeah, the 16th of March, which is John
1: Carter. Which, when you hear this, is you no. Know, I don't yeah. know when you're going to be hearing this, but for me and Tom, it's been out about a week now. Yeah, it opened last yeah. Friday, but it had a marketing campaign. For a couple of months before that, that drew a lot of comments Mm -hmm. over the internet, as things do nowadays. There was a lot of people that were wondering, why is it that it wasn't being marketed? Even as a science fiction Mm film. Well, of course, you can see it was a science fiction film. But there was nothing about Edgar Rice Burroughs, Mm -hmm. who wrote the original novel. is based on a Princess of Mars. And there was nothing mentioned of it about taking place on the planet Mars. Mm -hmm. Supposedly, and this is a story that I've heard, because movies with Mars in the title didn't do well... That's why they didn't want any mention of Mars mm-hmm. in the title.
0: Which is stupid, but hey. Well,
1: but they pointed to Mission to Mars, Mars Needs Moms, and what was the Tim Burton
0: movie? Mars Attack. Mars Attack, right. Okay, yeah. now let's take a look at those examples. Mission to Mars came out in, what, 2002? 2002. Somewhere around ten there. years ago, mm-hmm. Mars Attacks came out around nineteen ninety. Even before that, yeah, that seven. Was, right, that's a ninety. The movie. only one that's recent and should really be of a concern is Mars Needs Moms. Maybe it's just because the movie wasn't very good. Well, from what I've heard, I've never seen it, but from all
1: reports, mm-hmm. yes, it just wasn't a very good movie.
0: Right. So this film went out as John Carter. Not John Carter, Warlord of Mars, or just Warlord of Mars, or a Princess of Mars, or any of the possible permutations we could have come up with.
1: Now, to be fair to the movie, you've seen it. I've not seen it yet. Oh, you have not seen it. Okay, so I'm not going to spoil it for you, but... I will give you a hint. Remember when we were talking about the Punisher and we did our review of it and you put forth the very perceptive Mm -hmm. comment that it's not until the end of the movie that he actually does become the Punisher? Well, much in the same way this movie, it kind of explains why it's just John Carter. Because right. he doesn't become John Carter of Mars until right. so. Okay. There's a scene that explains that. We'll not go into any more detail than that. But those of you who have seen it know what I'm talking about. So in that context, yes. okay. okay, I understood why they just called it John, John Carter. Carter. Okay. But still, John Carter doesn't tell It could be a movie about an accountant. <laughs> they didn't call the first Die Hard movie John McClane. Yes, exactly. <laughs> they called it Die Hard yes. because that's what it was about. <laughs> But yeah, they did call it Bruce Wayne, they called it Batman. That's like calling Superman Clark Kent,
0: the first Superman movie, yeah. It did seem like if there is a problem, and one of the things we want to address right here, everyone's like, oh, it only made $10 million domestically. It's a flop. How much did it make overseas? It made $70
1: million overseas, and it made $30 million here. Here. Mind you, this was the first weekend, which meant that it made over a $100 million worldwide, which you have to look at. Unfortunately, you have people that just look at the domestic gross, and what I really don't like, and what I really got an issue with a lot of you people out there, you know who I'm talking to, is that the very people that should be behind this kind of movie and promoting it, they were the ones that were getting online, putting on their face, oh, John Carter's a flop. No, it's not a flop. But these are the same people that will insist... I don't like these people, and again, you know who I'm talking about, because you figure that if you just keep on saying Mm -hmm. the same thing over and over again, loud enough, it'll be true, when in fact it's not, these are the people that will insist on telling you that Superman Returns was a flop, when actually it wasn't, it made its money. And even Warner Brothers said, yes, it made its money. It just didn't make as much
0: as we would have liked to make that. It made its money. It just didn't make a profit. Okay. Which means it's kind of a zero-sum thing. But we have a case where people are so quick to get on the Internet
1: and pronounce something to be a flop... When in fact, and I've said this many times, and y'all know my position, yes, I believe in you having your opinion, as long as it's an informed opinion. To put it in another way, know what the fuck you're talking about before you start talking
0: about it. Now, I I just called up the IMDb page, and the budget for John Carter was $250 million. Okay. So far they've made, with the combined American and worldwide gross, $100 million. That's about a third of the way to breaking even. Mm-hmm. And this is just the first week. Now granted, we're in this very quick cycle where the first two weeks determines whether a film lives or dies. hmm So this next week is going to be very telling. Yeah, and as a matter of fact, I'm kind of interested in seeing
1: if the positive word of mouth is going to carry it through right. this weekend also. Because John Carter has. The while to hang on yeah. before we see another big movie come in and kind of step in
0: up. In a way, it's wise that Pixar slash Disney released it now mm. before the big thrust of the summer movies, which starts nowadays in mid-April.
1: Yeah. What's the first big thing we're going to see coming along? I think it may
0: very well be Avengers.
1: It may be Avengers, right? Yeah. That's not that far away, folks. But I think that John Carter is going to more than make its money back once you total in The domestic and the foreign grosses. Another thing that a lot of people fail to either accept or understand or want to believe Mm -hmm. is true. The United States isn't where the life of a movie is determined. Movies that don't do well here frequently go on to be very big successes... Overseas. Matter of fact, that's where a lot of these yeah. movies make their real money overseas. Because you people are so fickle that as soon as the next bright shiny thing come along, you yeah. want to go see that.
0: Yeah. But I think part of the problem with the marketing of this film, which is why we decided to talk about this. Yeah. Is how generic it was. I remember seeing those first posters, which was just, Taylor Kitsch is his name? Yeah. A black and white picture of Taylor Kitsch with these weird symbols, which say nothing about what you're going to see, other than there's a guy.
1: Or they had the ones with the initials J-C-M, yeah. and you looked at that on the red background. And right. You, well, Duh. That tells me nothing about what the movie is going to be. And unless you're somebody like me and you who have read the yeah. Edgar Wrights Burroughs, you know what it is, but then you got to end up explaining it to mm-hmm. people. Because I had people calling me up saying, well, listen, I know you know what this is. What's this John Carter yeah. thing about? And I had to explain to them what it was about. I think
0: that they fell down on trying to convey what this character was. Finally, at the very last minute, somebody came up with the idea of, hey, you like Star Wars, right? <laughs> <laughs> Literally, that's pretty much is what those final TV ads were I, saying. Listen, I, I hear you. That's why I'm laughing. You <laughs> like Avatar, right? Yeah. That's exactly what they did in like the last week before yeah. the movie
1: opened. Hey, kids, comics. <laughs> you like Avatar, right? right? You like Star Wars, right? Okay, well, th- go see this. Yes, <laughs> you like it. <laughs> <laughs> you like monsters, okay? And then they finally showed the commercials with him fighting the White apes and stuff like that. Okay, well, see, now the kids are saying, oh, well, shit, if you had Uh, told me that that in the first place, why do you explain it like that in the the beginning? So people finally said, okay, well, this looks like something I want to see. Oh, man. But also, and we were talking about this last night, the depressing state, what was once, I mean, this was an art form, a genuine art form. The movie posters. You don't have movie posters that tell you anything. It's just a shot of the actor's face Mm -hmm. and the indiscriminate background, and that's it. That's all it is.
0: Or a logo. Yeah. Because I'm thinking of the Avengers, what has been the teaser post for the last year? Just that big A and assembling May 2012. The one thing that was brilliant about this, of course, is that Marvel has spent the last... Six years in their various movies explaining what that A means. Exactly.
1: So So when we
0: look at it, we're like, ah, Avengers. Right. So even people
1: like my wife, Patricia, mm-hmm. who knows nothing about right. comic books and only knows them through me, when she saw the Avengers trailers, she said, oh, shit, I want to see it. Yeah. That was the exact words, I want to see it. That. But that's because she's went with me to see all <laughs> right. the other Marvel superhero movies. So their marketing plan they has been brilliant because years. they have educated people who don't know anything about superheroes as to who these characters are and right. why you should go see this movie. So now
0: you got people don't know anything about comic books. They're saying, "Woo, woo, woo!" Avengers. Yeah. They're pumped. But nobody knew who this guy was, except <laughs> for people like you and me and Ron and all the other guys in the pulp factory mailing list. And this film may die, at least in the minds of most people, will be considered a flop for all time because somebody in marketing said, "Oh, well, people don't like movies with the word Mars in the title." And didn't go and call up True Struzen or some other graphic designer or call up Neil Adams. Yeah. Or Bill Senkevich. Could you imagine a Bill Senkevich poster for this thing? One of the crappiest movies of all Mm -hmm. time. And when I say the name
1: of it, you're going to know exactly what I'm Mm -hmm. talking about. And I went to see this movie only for one reason only. I saw the Neil Adams poster. Yeah. Grizzly. Oh, yeah. You remember that poster, Grizzly. With the girl with the big yep. turn ter- half-turned-around, yep. and the big ten-foot-tall grizzly behind her. I didn't know what the movie was about, but because it was Neil Adams drawing that poster, and the mm-hmm. way he
0: drew it looked like it was going to be the scariest shit I'd ever seen. Well, I've always said that, that one of the major mistakes that Michael G. Wilson and Barbara Broccoli ever made was listening to a marketing guy who called them up one day because Barbara's son was friends with his son, mm-hmm. and said... Look, your James Bond posters are perceived as corny. You need to class them up. Mm-hmm. Which is why we've had nothing but Timothy Dalton and Pierce Brosnan and now Daniel Craig mm-hmm. kind of posing with a gun yeah for the last
1: 20 years. 20 yeah, because and those are the blandest. I, and I believe it started with the Timothy
0: Dalton. I'm, I'm daylight it had both a I was trying to visualize uh, yeah, both yeah, yeah, a post- tra- photographic poster and a graphical poster. Right. In the classic Bond style. Yeah. License Living. to kill was License the, to kill was the first one that had solely a representational poster
1: but then again, you had a couple of the Roger Moore ones because what was the one with the chick with the crossbow for your and, eyes and, for your, and he's standing between her legs right. supposedly and he's in like you said the generic James Bond right. pose and that was one of the mm-hmm. most boring posters I've ever seen in my life. Nothing like the ones from the Sean Connery era where he had the iconic pose with a cross arm. Right. But it's all this crazy yeah. shit is happening in exactly. and of course what we were talking about last night, live and let die, right. which is that poster mm-hmm. for that movie. I remember when I saw that, I said, that's a movie I want to see. Just because I wanted to see if all that crazy shit in the poster was going to be in the movie. Exactly. But we don't have that anymore. Remember... And again, this is something you was talking about, folks. There were stores in Manhattan you could go on to on Eighth and Ninth Avenue. Right. Poster stores mm-hmm. that sold these things, and you right. go in there and buy them. Matter of fact, if you even got to know the people that ran the movie, then sometimes they would give you the yeah. poster when they were finished. You, if you knew them good and asked them mm-hmm. nicely, they said, "Yeah, you can have it." Because I got a couple of Pam Greer posters that way.
0: Back when I was still living with my folks, my bedroom was several of the James Bond posters from the Roger Moore, Don Connery era. We don't get that. And I think if there was a film that cried out for him, an old pulp-style poster, it was this It moment.
1: was John Carter. Yeah, absolutely. Somebody should have called him Drew Struzan right. on said, listen, can you give should us we, some... Can you
0: explain what Drew Struzan is to people who don't yes, know? Yes, you
1: should. Because I'm sure a lot of these good people don't know. And they would be delighted to be enlightened
0: Jews? by your encyclopedic
1: knowledge. The Bruce Struzen
0: is a, he's got to be a pretty old guy at this point, but he is a graphic designer, a classic, classic, classic graphic designer, mm-hmm. who did many of the classic Stephen King dust jackets yeah. for his novels, and he's done several iconic movie posters. John Carpenter Thing. Yeah. That is a Drew Struzan poster. Now, though, he doesn't get any. He doesn't get any work. Yeah. To the point where a couple of years back, when Frank Darabont wanted Drew Struzan to do the poster to *The Mist*, he had to fight Miramax for the right to hire him as the poster artist because they wanted a generic photoshopped representational poster of some people's heads and something spooky happened.
1: But you can go to Drew Struzan's website. And yeah. As a
0: matter of fact, I went on there the other day just to look
1: at some of, he did posters for Mr. Majestic right. he did one for Star Wars because there was one that the Brothers Hildebrand yeah. did but when they re-released Star Wars mm-hmm. later on, it's the one where Luke and Leia are swinging on the road. Yeah, yeah he did that one Raiders of the Lost Ark, he did right. that one. Just go
0: on the man's website he, He's a wonderful artist. Blade runner. Go and see. And the great thing about a Drew Struzan poster, you knew exactly what you were getting into when you looked at it. Each one of his posters looks like the movie it's coming from. (laughs) Exactly. You go
1: in there and you say, okay, I know what I'm getting. But then again, he comes from an age where we didn't have the internet. And nowadays, what is marketing all geared toward, Tom? The The internet. internet, Right. That's it. Because they said everybody's on the internet. Mm -hmm. All the kids on the internet, which is what they're looking for anyway. They're not interested in old farts like me and you. Go. They want to get the eighteen to twenty-five. That's what, or the sixteen to twenty-five, or the sixteen to thirty, or whatever it is now. But that's what they're looking at getting to get into. And they said, "Well, they're all on the internet, so that's where all their marketing right. is directed towards the internet." It's not in the poster anymore or the soundtrack. Right. Remember, when soundtrack used to be part of the marketing thing. Yeah. That's even not really part of the marketing anymore.
0: Which kind of brings us to the other film we were going to talk about in the marketing of. Which is? A certain film that I watched this week on the recommendation of Des Reddick. Hi, hey. Des. Hey, Des, what's going on? <laughs> Called Shark Knight. Okay. This was a film also that kind of fell down because of the marketing. Mm -hmm. And also because of, I think, also what they wanted the marketing to be as opposed to what the film was. Do I need to describe the plot?
1: You would be doing them a disservice (laughs) if you did... Because you described it to me, and I swear, I fell out. I could not believe I said, really? Somebody thought this was going to make a good movie.
0: Okay, Sarah Paxson, who is vaguely, vaguely, vaguely related to Bill Paxton, and is a face that is like, this as much his forehead and this much his face. Okay. Okay? Really weird looking girl. Has invited a bunch of her friends to come back with her. To her family's house on an island in the middle of a lake in Louisiana. Come After, back to my house. Come a house for, for me. me. <laughs> and a house, house for, for you, too. Right. You've got your stock teenage types. You've got, I'm the big black guy who's going to go first in the NBA draft. Mm-hmm. I'm the really studious guy who's starting pre-med. Okay. So I, so I know medical stuff, which mm-hmm. is going to come in handy later on in the film. Mm-hmm. I'm the really skinny, wise-ass guy. Okay. I'm the wild chick that happens to be played by an former American Idol contestant. So these people might as well have yeah. numbers as to who go. Yeah, goes. numbers yeah. Yeah, as to who go. I'm about to say right. that. Okay, you're first, you're second, right. you're third, okay. That's another reason why I wanted to see the film, of course, was Catherine McPhee is the wild hot chick who's played by an American Idol former okay. contestant. Okay, She's very, 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 very calmly. Your motives are noble, my yes. friend. Yes, and we see lots of Catherine McPhee in various, including, of course, the thing that I can't stand, which seems to be de these days in movies, the hot chick on the toilet. See, I want to see a hot chick, not necessarily one a Exactly, toilet. exactly. <laughs> you, you see Catherine McPhee pulling down her little cut-off short shorts. And I'm like, okay, cool, great. No, no, not for yeah, that. Not yeah, yeah, no, no, not for that. No. Anyway, they go to the lake, and they're having fun, and athlete guy is skiing, and then something happens. He goes under. Okay. And when they find him, he's missing an arm. And it turns out that there's sharks in then there are water. And at first, they think it's just because a shark jumped the levee during a, the rain, because it was hurricane season recently. Yeah, and when the water's flooded, yeah, it got... No, no. No? No, that's not what happened. It turns out there are these three inbred hillbilly types. Okay. Although I guess they'd be counted as redneck types since it's Louisiana. Yeah. Who
1: really likes shark week. Get your racial stereotypes okay. straight. <laughs> They're rednecks, not That's hillbillies. Right. They shark like Week. Shark Week.
0: And they've realized that Shark Week is the most popular cable television event of the last 15 years. You wouldn't believe how they hyped that. Yeah, yeah. they really do. It's like, so an event. it's like an
1: event now. Yeah, They've
0: decided they're going to seed this lake with every different kind of shark imaginable because they figure there are people out there willing to pay a lot of money for shark snuff porn, <laughs> which they are going to get by, and I'm not making this up, folks, I swear to you, Attaching cameras to the sharks. Now, you know what the movie should have been about.
1: What? How did they put the cameras on the shark? (laughs) Now, that would have been a movie. Okay. See, I would have paid to see that. (laughs) Okay. How did you put the camera on the shark? Oh, that's why they
0: call you stubby. I see. Okay. (laughs) Moving right along. (laughs) This film obviously wants to be as over-the-top as Piranha 3D. In that, guess what, people? You're going to see kids get ate.
1: (laughs) Now, see, I have to explain something right here. I have to put time on pause. All you black folk out there, y'all know what I mean when I talk about people get ate. (laughs) See, people do not get eaten in movies like this. They get ate. Now, what is the difference? Those of you of other racial persuasions are saying. I will tell you, in a movie, when the character's come upon a body that has been partially eaten well that's what happened he has been eaten right, right? but when somebody gets it eh, usually there's a lot of blood there's a lot of screaming help me jesus <laughs> oh my god we see a person in the right. process okay. of being yeah. e- of being eaten which is being eh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay oh, okay so here's the poster for shark Knight. okay see nobody's getting it <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> they, what they should have done Was have this little chicky We don't even see her face Or anything They should have like A shark attached to one arm And a shark attached to a leg Shark attached to the other leg This by the way Is the girl I was talking about Okay Forehead hillbilly girl They should have her Being swallowed by the shark Yeah Then you would have an idea or like, Yeah exactly Have like the
1: shark And then from the torso up Screaming girl Remember like the movie I was talking about last night Blood Beach Blood Beach Do you ever see yeah. a poster for that You see a person Get dragged up under the sand Or or tinteria, Bloody water. What the heck, that, Tentacles that, of Death.
0: Yeah, where, where yeah. you have like the shark. Not this. This is kinda The point is it tells us nothing about it's a shark and a girl. Yeah, it's a shark and the shark got his mouth open, the girl screaming, but that's about it. Yeah. And the problem with this film is that with a plot like that, there's no other way you can go but over the top. Like the guys who made piranha, piranha 3D yeah, he said you gotta embrace
1: the unreality right. of a movie situation sometimes. And when you do that, people will go with you. Trust me. I went with Piranha 3D, which I really wasn't going to see. But on your recommendation, yeah. I saw it. And that was the most fun I had in a movie in a long time. It was a right. lot of fun. Because it embraced the ridiculousness of the whole thing. Yeah. Exactly what it
0: promised on the tin, And
1: it gave people... People got... A, people got it. People got disavowed. People yeah. got cut up. Things
0: and, got... It was gross. Oh and it was disgusting. Where they pulled the girl in half when yeah. it was trying to carry out the water and the body. Right. Oh man oh my favorite that was is great. my favorite is the guy who gets to tick chicken she jumps on the, the ski doo uh-huh and starts trying to start it mm-hmm. and the girl gets her hair caught. Oh
1: yeah. oh
0: yeah. yeah. This film needed to be that shameless. Yeah. I told you about the one scene where Skinny Funny Guy and hot chick, Catherine McPhee, are on a boat and they find out that the boat is being run by two of the three evil guys who are trying to make shark enough. snuff pork? <laughs> and they've already shoved skinny guy into the water. He's got it. Okay. Okay, but we don't see him get it. We just see lots of red water coming up. Well, see, he got eaten. Well, that's unfortunate. There's <laughs> <'Cause laughs> not that, enough that, people getting at and too many people getting eaten. That's
1: the difference. See yeah. he, If you didn't see it, he didn't get it. He got eaten. <laughs> you didn't see it. <laughs> See, like enjoys. Right, Robin Shaw got it <laughs> because we saw it. Mm-hmm. The little Kitchener boy who started to think yeah. he got
0: eaten. There you go. See, you're getting it now. <laughs> That's the difference. Okay. So Kathy McPhee is alone with these two weirdos. Okay. And she knows that she's probably not long for this world. And one of them says, "Okay, strip to te- bra and panties." Oh, cool. Okay. I like seeing Catherine McFean in I, her underwear. I got... N- but... Yeah, I'm with you. This so film needed the courage to go forward... Mm-hmm. ...and just have her strip nude. Well, what was this? This is a PG-13 It's PG. That's the problem. It's a PG-13 oh, well, film. Then, yeah. It's like, trying to be an R-rated movie while keeping
1: the PG-13. See, you can't do that. That's why, if you remember back in the bad old days... ...you really didn't have PG-13 horror movies. They were all rated R. With certain... Th- you have to go all the way. If you're going to mm-hmm. do this type of movie then commit to doing it and
0: go like you accurately point out let us let, let strip it once again this is the type of movie that needed a Drew Struzan or a Neil Adams or one of those really garish old posters now let me ask you something more importantly
1: do you consider a movie like this a bait and switch in that it promised you it was going to be one thing, then when you get to the theater and pay your money and you turn out that it's quite another and it's not what you thought you were going to get?
0: That's what's going on far too much in these movies. They're trying to sell things on what they think the public wants to see, not what the movie is. Mm-hmm. The Gray. Okay. Let's talk about The Gray for a second. Joe Carnahan, who did The Eighteen, which you liked very yeah. much. Yeah, I liked The Eighteen. This was a very serious movie in which you had Liam Neeson. And a bunch of people trying to survive a crash in the middle of the Arctic mm-hmm. and outrun a pack of wolves that are after them. Okay. Okay? Very sober, very serious, very low key film. What did those TV spots make it look like? They sold me on that was Liam Neeson going to
1: be punching around a wolf. With a bunch of broken beer bottles on his head. (laughs) Right.
0: No, there was no. Yeah, 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 I heard it didn't happen.
1: But, however, in the movie's defense, from people who have seen Mm -hmm. it, like you and Chris Munn, you said that the ending that they had would have been a good one if they hadn't botched it up with, with that uh, final shot. With the final shot after the credits. Cuz there were some people that was even saying that they wished they had left right well the credits was running. so they didn't even see that cuz they said to kind of spoil it. They said the
0: ending as it was they right. could have went with that Agreed. This is an example of they're trying to promote it has Piranha 3D when it's not. Because, of course, they don't want to lose that teen audience. And this was definitely made for a teen audience because at the very end, you got a post-credit sequence of the cast doing a weird rap called Shark Bite. Which, I was just saying, they were like, you're joking, right? Yeah. That's bad as the Nightmare on
1: Elm Street where they had mm. to the rap end of the movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, you always know when they know that they've got a bad movie because they said, right. well, just put it in a wrap, and they'll never notice. They won't know the difference.
0: Exactly. They needed to have the courage of their convictions, which they did not. And because it was promoted as a generic kind of, ooh, look, big sharks, woo ooh, 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 But let me ask you a question. Mm -hmm. Do you think that they know anything about how to market
1: a genre movie? Let's face it. I'm going to play devil's advocate here, and I'm going to give these marketing people the benefit of the doubt. It's pretty easy to sell a comedy. Right. Because you just put in a couple of funny scenes, and you say, from the maker of... Super bad, right. or whatever, or when you have a romantic comedy or drama, it's pretty easy to sell right. that. You just give them a situation like the recent one with Tom Hanks, incredibly close and dangerously loud. Yeah, with it. yeah, it's pretty easy to sell something like that. But you've got something like a John Carter, or, or a sucker, or a sucker punch. It doesn't even have the benefit of the nostalgia value like Tron, which they didn't have to sell at all. They just had the name, Tron Legacy, right. and people from way back in the day, even when they were kids, said, oh shit, I'm there. But when you got something like a Sucker Punch, mm-hmm. or a John Carter, right. people who have no conception of what this is
0: about, how do you sell that to them and make or, them want to go... See- to make another example, a Green Hornet. Big, yeah, there you go. And, conversely, a Dark Shadows.
1: Oh, it's, uh, well... I've
0: seen the trailer for Dark yeah, Shadows I have not I try my best uh, not to watch the trailers for anything I should Unless I see it in the theater
1: I shouldn't have watched this one Because <laughs> I am not But I was mm-hmm. kind of turned off When I saw the original photographs yeah. of Johnny Depp And I said, yeah, well, it looks like they're going for a comedy And right. now that I look at it It looks like they're going for the 21 Jump Street mm-hmm. kind of
0: right. Thing
1: where they turn a dramatic show into a comedy Well, yeah. they're doing the same thing with Dark Shadows Yeah, it's going to be a comedy Set in the 70s, which I don't have a problem with because that's when the that original... The thing, movies, yeah. yeah, But this is definitely going to be a comedy. It's right. not going to be a serious treatment of it. How do you sell
0: a movie that the public knows nothing about to them and make them want to go see it? Great. Okay, let's look at Taken. Okay. There's see. a movie that people knew nothing about until they saw those trailers. Here's an idea. Pose a question that we want answers to. Hmm. Here's an idea You
1: intrigue me and I would like to subscribe <laughs> to your <laughs> newsletter what made, what
0: made the trailers to Taken work? I read yeah. that and
1: I said holy shit And also the novelty of Liam Neeson as yes. action hero If you had told me 15
0: years ago Liam Neeson would be the action hero for <laughs> Okay remember when the first V came out
1: You mean the TV series
0: The TV series the first yeah. V way back when Yeah in 1980 There was all these posters That went up on the subways Yeah with just the V. Yeah It was Originally it was The visitor with the kid well we, knew, well we didn't know It was a visitor But the visitor with the kids Hugging the kids In front yeah. of the background there was, Then the big V Showed up on Yeah it. Yeah I know I wanted to see That thing when it Finally came out I know mm. a lot of people Watch that because Of that question Right Come up with something That makes us want An answer to something Or
1: how about Remember when the Omen First came mm-hmm. The original Omen yeah. And first we just had the posters with just a little kid and there was no words and you were saying what the hell is this about and then they had the other poster showing up saying that it's going to be so many days until the end of the world and you didn't know well what is this is this a movie is this some religious cult there and then they put it all together and then you said that but that was a marketing thing that took time they did that over time because it went for for a couple of months but it got you interested in wanting to see whatever this was about so to
0: wrap up let's look at our two films we've decided okay Let's look at a way how we could market it. I'm thinking off the top of my head. Let's start with John Carter. Instead of a generic picture of a a guy who looks like any other guy with that weird symbol J-C-M, what if we had a poster, almost like a travel poster, of Mars? Okay. Martian City... Yellow sun, just looking really kind of cool and nice. And touristy. And tour- exactly, and touristy.
1: <laughs> so you wouldn't play up the action-adventure elements? Well, no, no, you would... start with that, because here we're setting up the question. Okay, this is going to be over. Okay, I'm okay, with you. We're I'm setting
0: you. up the question. I'm with you, go ahead. And maybe visit Mars or something? Visit Barsoom. That's right, visit Barsoom. Because or- mm-hmm. then you get people saying, well, what the hell is Barsoom? Barsoom, yeah. right. Then, maybe we have another poster, just like that one, only it's been ripped open, and there's a white ape looking at you.
1: Yeah, with arm um, coming through yeah. the 3D thing. And now, time for our special guest, <laughs> movie <laughs> executive, <Xander Carly>. yay! <laughs> our
0: favorite. <laughs> a marketing campaign? A marketing campaign for me. <laughs>
1: what a bargain! <laughs>
0: No, but actually, I could see that working. Yeah, right. you have a progressive thing. Then three months later, mm-hmm. bring up the guy, the face, so to Right. Speak. Okay, now, Shark Night. Here's what I would do. I would actually do something a little subversive, a little viral. What if I shot a sequence from one of those cameras? From the shark's point of view. The shark camera. The shark camera. <laughs> shark camera. And started leaking it, letting it go viral. And people are like, what the heck is going on? What is this? What is
1: this really? Yeah, there you go. If you're going to have a shark with a camera on it, take advantage of it and show it from the
0: shark's point of view. The, the thing I think that this film failed on mm-hmm. is not embracing the overtoppiness of it, of its premise. Mm-hmm. So it looked like just a generic nature-gone-a-muck film.
1: Instead of just going all out for the exploitation right. value, they tried to be realistic
0: about mm-hmm. it. Yeah, which you can't do with an exploitation movies. And that's what, movie. what would have been the first teaser trailer. Is just a little brief sequence with shark cam.
1: You're right. Boom. Coming up
0: after uh, the chicky with the white bikini from the poster, you know. <laughs> like a, a website. Right. Make it up like the shark snuff porn website. Yeah, do a shark. You're right, exactly. Do do a whole website. Serving your shark porn needs. <laughs> yes, your shark snuff porn needs. <laughs> do something akin to the I Support Harvey Dent campaign that they did for the oh, Dark Knight. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. And then you bring in the posters. It can even be the generic poster we just saw, but the thing is, prime the pump. Mm-hmm. with this viral thing. Yeah. And that, I think, would have worked.
1: But unfortunately, this is, I have to blame it on the Internet, because so much today now is just simply, okay, well, we'll leak the a little clip on there, or we'll do that, do that. And then they count on the Internet to do right. this work for it, with people, of course, linking it all over the place and putting yeah. it on Facebook. That's how they're doing their marketing nowadays. You know That's why? What, that, because
0: Cloverfield did it so successfully.
1: Yeah, Cloverfield Overfield and the Blair Witch right. Project, which is probably... Oh well, yeah, well,
0: the Blair Witch Project is probably the best example. Of that. Right. They convinced thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands. I think that they made like something like three hundred percent back of their money. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, they
1: convinced, and they convinced everybody
0: to go and watch was a real. movie.
1: That this thing was real. Yeah. yeah. And they did it how through the internet. Right. And I've got nothing against that. If you can sell your mm-hmm. movie fine but what i'm saying is that don't neglect the other avenues right. that are open to you you
0: know and don't just get some intern to do a photoshop poster for you you know something that i've noticed and i bet you didn't even notice this what you don't even hear radio spots for movies anymore advertising movies sometimes you do you do oh okay. Okay, just uh, just this week i've been hearing radio spots for seeking justice Okay, with see,
1: Nicolas Cage. See me, I don't even remember the last time I heard an advertisement for a movie mm-hmm. on the radio. Now I ad- don't hear now admittedly I don't listen to the yes. radio as often as I used to,
0: right. But when I do I don't What we don't hear are those incredibly crazy lurid radio spots. Right. Remember there was the Obscure Halloween movie episode where we did the Wicker Man Mm -hmm. and I played some of the Wicker Man TV Yeah, yeah. The really lurid. That's right. (laughs) They should have had really lurid Shark Mm Night. There you go. Shark Shark (laughs) Night!
1: People get assed Okay, I want to see people get at. I'm down for that. Well, maybe you've heard them, but I haven't. And you used to hear them all the time, right? You said, which I think they probably have abandoned because they said, well, people don't listen to the radio anymore. They always convince themselves what people aren't doing anymore. Oh, people don't listen to the radio. People don't read newspapers. Exactly. Shark Because very rarely do you see now those big full page ads like you used to when a movie opens. Unless, of course, it's for a major, like I expect we'll be seeing them. For the Avengers. Yeah, for the Avengers, right. But then again, they know that this is a no-brainer. This is a movie that's going to make this money back in the first day, probably. Part of it,
0: I think, is just you get more eyes by, let's say, paying Fandango to use your movie poster as a wallpaper yeah. on their site for two weeks. Right. And letting people download it yeah, to put it as a wallpaper on there than you do from taking out an ad in the Daily News or the New York Times. Because, hell, I mean, the New York Times seems to be more intent on trying to sell people on their online subscription service. Yeah. I don't even remember the last time I picked up a New York Times. And I used to read
1: the New York Times. I used to get the Sunday Times mm-hmm. for years, if nothing else. So, the current
0: state of TV movie marketing, my friend? I don't know. I I just think that Drew Shrewson needs to get some work. I think that... Granted, it's cheaper for them to go to an intern. Hey, intern! Photoshop this. Yeah,
1: Photoshop this, yeah. It's cheap. And that's what the bottom line is. Most of the time... And that's what I tell people all the time when they want to attribute all of these other motives to why a movie studio does this and does that. I said, you give these people too much credit. Mostly what it used to come down to is dollars and cents. Well, is this more expensive than this? Okay, well, then we'll do this. Right. And really, that's what it comes down to. They Photoshop just about a 10-year-old kid can Photoshop nowadays. So why not give it to the 10-year-old kid and let him do it instead of paying Drew Struzan a thousand bucks? plus to do a really decent poster to make people want to go see your movie
0: so that's your point five for this week and we hope you enjoyed it we will be back hopefully with a full episode in two weeks time okay and until until then then, this has been Thomas DJ and this has been Derek Ferguson and whatever you do no matter where you go market your movie correctly you bum bastards tenfold good night god bless this has been your better in the dark point five featuring Thomas DJ and Derek Ferguson normal service will return in two weeks if you'd like to comment on this or any other episode of the program please send an email to better in the dark at earth 2.net that's better in the dark at earth 2.net if you feel this stopgap is not sufficient please visit the better in the dark central site at www.betterinthedarksite.com and don't forget to check out all the amazing music available at www.be better in the dark point five is a conspiracy productions presentation in association with the earth 2.net Community of podcasts. All material copyright, Thomas E. J. and Derek Ferguson. Transmission ends in 3, 2, 1.